0: Thank you all for being here this morning. Um, There's a few of you that are visiting today. If you don't uh, know me, my name is Leslie. Most of the time I'm back with the kids. I absolutely love it back there. Um, Give them a little candy. They're very easy to please. Uh, So you know, it's tons of fun, but I'm so thankful always whenever I get to be here with you all and uh, spend a few minutes with you. Several months ago, we, we started talking about this series, and, and we knew Rick was going to kick off growing gracefully, talking about love. It's what he does, right? We knew Clark was going to talk about uh, some of the, the grace basics, as we call them sometimes, because that's what he does so well. And what I want to do this morning um, is not that, <laughs> uh, but where God has, has worked in our lives and mine and Alan's life is really in the working out of grace Um, 18 years ago tomorrow uh, grace church was started it's our 18th birthday Um, it was so exciting we sat a handful of us sat in a circle i think it was right over here somewhere Uh, it looked very different in this room there were cubicles and it was it had been like an office building before that it was a publix Uh, but we sat over here and clark kind of laid out his vision for the church which was he was going to teach us everything about grace and it was like cool and then he said and if y'all want a church you get to do church you get to do all the things that are done at a church and it was like okay so we started on this adventure that is grace church and um it's been a staple not just the message but the church in our lives for the last 18 years for Alan and I, uh, receiving this message of grace from Clark, we're approaching the holiday seasons and it's about to be that time for those car commercials, the Lexus commercials, you know, with the big red bow. For us, receiving grace was like that. It was packaged so beautifully, it was sleek, it was good, it was awesome. We were yesing and amening and of coursing all the time when Clark spoke on Sunday mornings. Um, Some of you might know what I'm talking about because you were here last week, and I met some of you in the hallway and in the bathroom, and you were like, yes, best sermon ever. That was awesome. And that's how we felt for a really long time. We felt like those people being given a really awesome gift. And Alan and I, right away, were pretty excited to hop in that really sleek car of grace and start cruising down Life's highway, right? Little did we know (laughs) of all the potholes and the traffic jams and the accidents that we would bump into as we traveled that road. We were humans, after all, right? Troubles come. We were humans who were married. We were humans who were married and raising children. Right? There were lots of times in our lives when the road got really bumpy. And then on top of that, on top of all of that, there was this reality that grace was messing with us. Because as Clark talked about, you know, God's unconditional love, and as he talked about conviction and confession confession and repentance and all of these things that, that don't have to do with sin for the believer, right? All of those things that we heard last week, we kept hearing about this, and it was like, oh my gosh, wait, that doesn't work with what we're doing outside of these walls. And we were, we weren't bad people. <laughs> we were doing the best we could with what we knew, but as we were learning, we realized that we were thinking things about some people, we were treating them in ways. We were wanting them to behave in a way that made us comfortable, right? And it wasn't fitting with this grace thing that we were learning about. And there was this conundrum <laughs> about yesing and amening in here and what was happening out there. It wasn't working, it was messy. It was really, really messy. And we soon found out that this Grace thing wasn't this sleek, new Lexus. It was really a lot more like a Ford Bronco, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Riding off course, you know, up and down and making a path and getting mud everywhere. Like, that's what Grace was a lot more like for us as we traveled our road. These days, I laughed the other day when I was thinking about this, because it was like, it's more like a, you know, Ford F-150 or something, you know, just like getting the job done, like get in it, trustworthy thing, and you're getting the job done, you're hauling the hay, you're feeding the cows, and you're moving on, right? Maybe kicking up a little dirt, you know, along the way, but grace wasn't this sleek, cool thing. It was messy for us. It was hard sometimes for us and it caused a shift in our lives. It started out pretty slow, like it was just like a, it was like, oh, oh I think we got to, I think, I think we don't have to expect people's behavior to line up with what I think their behavior should look like. And it just kind of starts slowly turning, and it sent us way off <laughs> on a different course. But it's a great one, and it's all about God's love. And it's all about his grace. And it's all about what he's given us, what we can then give to other people, right? It's about what we've received that we can share. And the point is that life and God's love and his grace can be really messy sometimes. And it can lead us to some very uncomfortable places. But in those uncomfortable places, God's love, And his grace are there to steady us and comfort us as we go along, too. He's built for it, right? His grace is built for the mess. So before I actually start what I want to talk about today, because that's all fluff, um, what I want to do is I want to get us all on the same page, okay? I want you guys to see something that sometimes we have the privilege of seeing, but you may not be able to see. Um, And I'm going to do that by asking you three questions. And at the end of these three questions, I'm going to ask you to do something uncomfortable. If you've answered yes to any one of these three questions, I'm going to ask you to stand up. Okay? It won't be horrible, I promise. I promise. Wendy's like, seriously? It won't be awful, I promise. It'll just be It'll be okay. All right, so here we go. If you answer yes to any one of these three questions, when I'm done, I'll have everybody stand up. And if you can't stand up, just wave. That's okay, too. Okay. Are you... Or is someone you know sick? And by sick, I mean cancer. I mean I mean uh, heart diseases. I mean severe arthritis that, that cripples you. I mean sick. You or someone you know, sick. OK? Blood diseases. Um, I can't think of all the things. Dementia, all the things. If you or someone you love is sick. OK? Are you? This is my second question. Are you or someone you know battling with anxiety or depression or loneliness or you feel like maybe if you weren't here, no one would notice, okay? You or anyone you know, are you, third question, are you or someone you know worried about anything? Are you worried about your job or your lack thereof? Are you worried about the economy, our country, the world? When I started writing this message, it was before last Saturday, (laughs) just saying. Speaking of Wendy, she and I had a conversation this week about how our boys are 18. It's a scary time to have young men in your life, right? Are you worried about a friend or a, or a family member who is making choices that you wish they weren't making? Are you worried that somebody might find out about whatever? Okay, so, if you answered yes to one of those questions in any way, shape or form, Stand up for me. Okay. Unfortunately, I knew that's what would happen. (laughs) For those of you online, everyone in the room just about is standing. Look around for a second. All of us are traveling a really hard road. All of us are. And we can claim Jesus over it all, right? But you know what? It may not make it easier to deal with today. You guys can have a seat. I wanted you to see that. We're all there, and we're all together. And other than the good news of the gospel, which is real, okay? The good news of the gospel is real. It's everything. The best news I can offer you today besides that is that in the mess that you're in, you are not alone. And I wanted you to see that. You're not alone, all right? We're gonna do this together. (sighs) Okay, real quick, years ago, Uh, Alan and I were at a conference, and we were sitting right smack dab in the front row, and the the woman was speaking, and she was going on and on and on about all of the things, and uh, we got distracted. It was 20 years ago, so I don't even think it was by a phone. I think we were talking to each other and passing notes, Um, and we were talking, and she was saying something, and we were listening, and we were distracted and listening, and we could tell she said something about everybody stand up, and so we did. We we both, you know, we're good people. We stood up, and then she was saying something, and she wanted us repeat something. And before we even knew what we were saying, what we both, Alan and I, were repeating was, I am a princess. <laughs> Loud and clear. Mr. Chambers proclaimed to the world that he was a princess. And so I hope that's not what you guys just did. I hope that you didn't just stand because you had some sense that I was asking you to do it or whatever, right? But I did want you to see that you're not alone. And today, as someone who has traveled and is still traveling this very rough and bumpy road, I want to share with you a few things that I've found that have helped me, just a few, all right? And they've helped me grow And we like to use the word mature around here. We like to grow up a little bit, continue to grow and mature in this thing that we call grace. So my first thought this morning about growing gracefully amid this mess that is life is that it really is okay to acknowledge the mess. And that's what we just did here, right? We acknowledge the mess. And what I want to tell you this morning is that by acknowledging the mess, you're not betraying your faith. You're not. It is not a betrayal of faith to acknowledge the mess that you're in or the mess that you're facing. You've heard it said that um, without something scary, there is no such thing as courage. Right? You can't be brave if you're not facing something scary, if you're not recognizing the mess, what is faith? What do you have faith in? What, what, what is your faith for? Faith is for those moments, that strength that we have from God. Is so that when we see the messes that we're in, we know we're not alone. We know he's there with us. Your faith is strong in the mess. Acknowledge it, it's okay. And what just might happen when you acknowledge the mess, and maybe you're acknowledging somebody else's mess, this week I had somebody, all they said to me was knowing a little bit about what was going on, somebody said to me this week, wow, it's a lot. Like tears, right? (coughs) Like, instant tears, and then a breath, and I stood up, and I kept doing what I had to do that day. Acknowledging the mess, that's a lot. You guys, are, you guys have a lot going on. It's not a betrayal of your faith. I think it's a faith, I think those are the moments that it's a faith builder. And how much energy and time and effort do we spend reframing the mess? Oh, it's really not that bad or denying that it exists, or deceiving ourselves and others about it, I'm good, yeah, I'm good. No, I'm not, I'm dying (laughs) on the inside, right? When we acknowledge the messes, we get to help each other, right? Maybe you're taking a breather from your messy life. Maybe somebody else needs you to help them. I don't know, maybe you're the one that needs help. But because, what I've learned is because of God's love and his grace, we do not have to be afraid of the messes. We don't have to be afraid of them. They're there. And because of his love and grace, we can take that breath and do that thing. I love our youth so much. Um, (laughs) Online, if you get here, we've got some people having a really good time right over there. All right, so my second point is, as much as possible, we can be ready for the mess. Now, that doesn't mean you won't be bombarded by things. Life has a way of throwing curveballs that you never saw coming, right? Life has a way. But I do think we can be ready for the mess. And I think part of the, the reason I think that is, do you guys remember? Some of you will, some of you won't. You remember the wise men that built his house upon the rock? The wise men built his house upon the rock. The rains came down. The floods came up. And then there was that foolish man that built his house on the sand. He built his house on the sand and the rains came up. Right? the wise man, the foolish man. Now we learned as kids, some of us, we learned that a, it's a parable in the Bible. We learned that it was all about building your house on the foundation, on Jesus, on the rock. Absolutely, 100%. I'm all for it. If you're gonna build a house, don't build it on the sand, it sinks. Anyone in here live on a sinkhole, <laughs> right? We've been there, we know the sand is not a firm foundation, but Jesus as our rock is the foundation. Absolutely. But you know what else the guy was doing? Both of them were building houses to protect themselves and their families from the storm. Now, I'm not talking about being a prepper. I'm not talking about (laughs) stock holes in your pantry or gun collections. I'm not talking, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about something else. And what I'm talking about is Jesus. He is our rock, he is our foundation, and he did some things while he was alive that prepared him to walk through a pretty big mess. Those of you who know his life story know that he faced a really messy end of his life, right? It was awful. And the things that he did before that helped prepare him to face that mess. So when he was out and walking around and doing his things, what are some things that he did? How did he prepare? Well, let's see. He knew who he was. His identity was secure in the fact that he was a child of God, right? His purpose was sure, he knew what his job was. He knew his job was to explain the goodness of his father. He knew it. And those things went with him everywhere he went. He, uh, he made friends, didn't he? He made all kinds of friends. He uh, went to parties. He ate dinner with people that you and I wouldn't be caught eating dinner with. He cared for people. He made sure their feet were clean and that they'd had a bite to eat before they went and faced the roughest couple nights of their life. He made sure they had food in their bellies. He took care of them. And so when he got on that cross, all the things that he had done his whole entire life showed up in that mess He's on the cross, and what is he doing? He's talking to his dad, about us. And he's saying, "Father, forgive them. They, they don't know what they're doing. He's secure in his purpose. He's still explaining, who his, he's explaining to us who his dad is and what his dad is like. His dad's one that's going to forgive us because we don't know what we're doing. He's making friends. He's talking to the guy next to him, dude. Probably didn't say it like that. He said, I will see you later today. This mess right here is awful. It's going to be all right. See you in a minute. Right? And then, ah, he kills me with this one. And then he says, hey, John, his good friend, he says to his friend John, like his bestie, the only one that showed up at the cross, right? He says, John. I need you to take care of my mom for me. He's on the cross bearing the weight of the sin of the world and he's asking his friend John to take care of his mom. That's the God that we believe in. That's the God that we've given our lives to. He's in the biggest mess of his life. And he's worried about his mom. And he's saying, I'll see you later to a thief. <laughs> and he's asking his dad to forgive the ones that have driven in the nails. That's a pretty good, that's a pretty good God right there. He's a pretty good foundation for us to be standing on when we're scrambling to find our feet with the messes that we're dealing with, when we're flat out on the floor, because we can't even get up in the morning, because the anxiety and the depression is so bad, right? Jesus is there going, arms wide open, (laughs) I got you, right? Now the hard thing is, I wish I could promise you, I wish I could promise you, that it won't hurt so much. I wish I could, I can't. I wish I could tell you that the wayward husband or the wayward son or the daughter or whatever, I wish I could tell you that they would come home. I I don't know. I wish I could tell you that it was all gonna be okay tomorrow. I don't know, I don't know if it is. But what I can tell you, what I can promise you is that God understands, Jesus understands, he knows, and that firm foundation goes beyond today. It goes beyond tomorrow. It doesn't necessarily make today or tomorrow easier. Ah, but he's there. He's there with us. That's what God's love and his grace does for us. That is what we're standing on. That is what we're laying (laughs) flat out on, is a remembrance that his love and his grace are ours. And that no matter what, he's holding you close. And nothing can separate you. None of that stuff that you were thinking about when you stood up, none of that, not one bit of it, can separate you from the love of God. No height, no depth, none of it, right? Because he is holding you. So because of God's love and because of his grace, we can acknowledge the mess. We can be ready for the mess because it's coming. (laughs) And this one's going to be a little bit hard for you. Some of you, those of you who like controlling situations, those of you who like order, those of you who like steps, those of you who like justice and fairness, this one's gonna be the hardest one for you. Because in God's grace, one of the things that we learned is that grace allows us to choose our response. We all have a choice. We get to choose how we respond in these messes and to situations. Sometimes uh, you're gonna make choices that you wish you hadn't. Sometimes others are gonna make choices (laughs) that you really wish they hadn't, right? But we do have that freedom to choose. And it can be a beautiful thing, but it is scary It is scary. Right now, uh, as I mentioned just a minute ago, we actually have two 18-year-olds living in our house. Um, They are super excited about the freedoms that adulthood offers. Remember? Remember what it felt like? I'm 18. I can do whatever I want. And then you've got two parents who are going, adult freedoms come with adult responsibilities right there's a lot of pushing and pulling that's going on in our house pushing and pulling for freedom pushing and pulling for responsibilities right and it can be a really scary place and what does science tell us about scary places when we face scary things we either fight (laughs) maybe a little bit we flee Right? I'll be honest, this week I uh, was in the car with one of my loved ones, they were driving, I was in the passenger seat, we were driving home, we got stuck in traffic, and by traffic I mean like, we weren't going anywhere, traffic. And we were having conversation, it was kind of a, I, I didn't like the conversation, I didn't like where it was going, I didn't like the way I was feeling, I, I, I was afraid. I fleed, I got out of the car, and I walked home, (laughs) right? We were fighting, I was fleeing, and then I'll be honest, there may have been times in this last week or two that I hid or I played dead in my bedroom by myself, door closed, lights off, don't bother me. Dinner's yo-yo tonight, you're on your own, you know? (laughs) Everybody but the cat was forbidden to come into my room. The cat was okay. We fight, we flee, we play dead, we do it all the time in the middle of these messes. But what I want to tell you is that we, then, we also, we get to choose our response. And because of God's love, and because of His grace, because of the fact that we're, I'm growing in it, I haven't grown up, I'm not done, I'm growing in it. After a moment or two, I remembered how much God had forgiven me. I forgave myself. (laughs) I forgave the ones that I was fighting with. I remembered how much he took care of me and how well taken care of I was. And I got out of bed and I made dinner and I sat down and we ate. And it was awesome. We get to choose. Our first responses may not always be what we would hope, but we do get to choose. We have the freedom to it. And when the hard times come, because of God's love and because of his grace, we don't have to be afraid. And so kind of my last Point, my last true point for this morning, if you haven't guessed it, about acknowledging the mess, being ready for the mess, choosing our response in the mess, we also get to, we also can say, do not be afraid of the mess. And if there's anything that you remember from this morning, what my hope is, is that you remember, do not Be afraid of the mess. I think it's probably the biggest lesson we've learned in this grace thing. The messes are gonna come, they're gonna be there. And because of whose we are, we don't have to be afraid of it. Do not fear is one of the Bible's favorite sayings. It's in the Old Testament. It's in the New Testament. Jesus said it. Angels said it. John said it. Paul said it. They all said it. Do not fear. And I think they said it. They all said it. And they all said it so much because they knew we would. (laughs) Right? If we didn't need to hear it, I don't think they would have said it, especially as often as they did. Don't be afraid. And it's God's grace And it's his love that that allows us to even contemplate, to even fathom the do not be afraid when we're in the messes that we're in. God's unconditional love and his unfathomable, uh, wow, unfathomable, that's a word and a half, you guys try to say it, (laughs) that grace... That we can't imagine is so big and so good we can all stand on it what you guys are dealing with is a lot it's a lot what i'm dealing with it's a lot but god's grace and his love are more All right, I want to do one more thing before I close. So in closing, I want to read to you a few verses from Psalm 107. Um, I have a bit of a rocky relationship with the Old Testament. It's not always my friend. As someone who has to teach it to your children, there's a lot in there that I have to wade through, you know, but what I absolutely love, what I love is when I find these little nuggets of God's grace and his love tucked in to the Old Testament, it's my favorite. And that I do love teaching to your children. So here it is, Psalm 107, um, If you're following along, I'm only going to read a few. I'm not going to read all the verses, and I've changed it just slightly. There's a lot of they's and them's in there, and I've changed them to you (laughs) and yours. So when I read this to you, I wanted you to hear it. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His loving devotion endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. For he has redeemed you from the hand of the enemy and gathered you from the lands, from the east and west and north and south. Some of you have wandered in the deserts, haven't you? You've wandered in the dry lands, finding no path to the city in which to dwell. You were hungry and thirsty, and your soul fainted within you. Anybody ever feel like that? Like your soul is fainting within. You cried out to the Lord in your trouble, and he delivered you from distress. Give thanks to the Lord for his loving devotion and his wonders to all of us some of you sat in darkness and in the shadow of death you might be sitting there now prisoners in affliction and chains of illness you cried out to the lord in your trouble and he saved you from your distress He brought you out of darkness. Oh, I have read that already. Some of you were fools. Some of you were fools in your rebellious ways. The mess might be your fault. (laughs) Some of you were fools in your rebellious ways. And through your iniquities, suffered affliction. Then you cried out to the Lord in your trouble, and he saved you. From your distress, give thanks to the Lord for his loving devotion and his wonders to all of us. Some of you went out to sea in ships, conducting trade on mighty waters. You just went to work. You're just doing your job. You're just doing it. And you saw the works of the Lord and his wonders in the deep for he spoke and a tempest raised that lifted the waves of the sea and they mounted up to the heavens and then they sunk to the depths up and down, up and down, up and down. And your courage melted in your anguish. You reeled and staggered like drunkards and all your skills were useless. Anybody ever felt like that? Everything you got, it's not enough. All the time, right? Then, then you cried out to the Lord in your trouble, and he brought you out of your distress. He calmed the storm to a whisper. He calmed it storm that is in your heart. He calmed it, and the waves of the seas were hushed. You rejoiced in the silence. I think that's my favorite line. So spent. The psalmist understood being so spent that even the rejoicing is like, you know, the rejoicing is the next breath in silence. And he guided you to the harbor you desired what a promise give thanks to the lord for his loving devotion and his wonders to all of us what a beautiful picture some guy thousands of years ago wrote about my life and about your life and about the promise Of our God his loving devotion and his wonders to us all in all of those situations did you catch what God was delivering us from he was delivering us from our distress not necessarily the situations but the stress the distress of it that peace that calm storm it's in our hearts And it's in our minds, and it gives us the ability to face the mess. To get up off the floor, (laughs) to take care of those little mouths. I just pictured a mama bird feeding the babies. (laughs) That rest, that calm in the storm gives us the ability to care for people. And like I said at the beginning, I wish I could promise you that all your hurts and your heartaches will vanish. In light of this thing that we call growing in grace, I can't. But I can promise you that your feet are firmly planted, firmly planted on God and his love, and he will never fail you. He will never fail you. He will never forsake you. And he will never fail and never forsake that person that you're worried about. He's with them, too. So whether you're a wanderer or someone who's sitting in the darkness, whether you're the rebel or the person who's just going to work, whether you're male or female or Jew or Gentile, whether you watch CNN or Fox News or you don't care about either one of them, whether you're facing cancer or depression, the loss of job, or worried about your kids, whether you're a Baptist usher, a Catholic priest, or a formal former Pentecostal hussy. (laughs) There's a story behind that. I'll tell some of you later. No matter who you are, no matter what you're doing, God is there for you. His love and his grace, oh, it might push you and it might pull you into some really uncomfortable places. But He is not going to leave you there. He's not. He is there with you, comforting you, steadying you, helping your feet stand on that firm foundation. God's devotion to you endures forever. It will never fail. And so, if you remember nothing else, you have nothing to fear. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you so much for today. Thank you for every piece that is here, that made up this morning. Lord, for every person that is in this room, for every person that is watching online, God, you, you have promised that you will never leave us and you will never forsake us, Lord, and we hold on to that promise as we understand that you are holding on to us so god and whatever the mess is that these dear ones are facing lord you know them all lord and you have each one of them in your hands so lord thank you that you are bigger and better than we can possibly think or imagine thank you for your love Thank you so much for this church. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks, you guys.